Thanks for pressing play. If you love the serendipitous magic that can only occur in a real conversation, you're in the right place. This is Christopher Lockhead's Follow Your Different, the number one real dialogue podcast for business leaders, entrepreneurs, and category designers with a different mind. I'm producer Jason DeFilippo, and from all of us at Lockhead Global HQ, we're glad you're here. Now, many people dream of being paid to create. That's to say, making a living from both knowledge work, which is applying existing knowledge to produce value, and also creating net new knowledge, intellectual capital, content, or what you can think of as creator capital, which is a whole new category of value. Said simply, there's nothing cooler than creating and getting paid to create. Our guest today is the category queen of teaching people to build highly scalable, highly profitable native digital businesses, and specifically digital courses, content, and communities. Get ready, because the legendary Amy Porterfield is on the show today. Her podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy, is often the number one ranked marketing podcast in the world, and she operates the leading digital course academy. Her book, Two Weeks Notice, Find the Courage to Quit Your Job, Make More Money, Work Where You Want, and Change the World, is a number one bestseller for a reason. There are a lot of people who'd pay a lot of money to have the conversation with Amy that you're about to hear. The future of business is native digital, and your future self will thank you for listening to this episode. And make sure you stick around to hear Amy's insights on how to take non-obvious skills that we all possess and turn it into a five, six, or even seven-figure business. Now, to thrive today, legendary marketing leaders and creators are using creator capital to design and dominate their categories. That's why you need a mighty network. On a mighty network, you can bring together your community, memberships, online courses, webinars, and events in one place under your brand on a platform that you control. Plus, when you're ready, you can run your mighty network on your own branded mobile apps. So if you want to dominate your category, mobilize your community, and drive new growth fast, go to MightyNetworks.com. Now, hey-ho, let's go. Well, it sure is wonderful to have this time with you, Amy. Thank you. I've been looking forward to this. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And uh, I, um, I I must say that I'm um, wanting to uh, join you in the pursuit of uh, running the Joanne Molinero Korean Vegan um, Fan Club. Yes, get on board, my friend, because that woman's incredible. I'm so glad she introduced us. She's a mesmerizing person for lots of reasons. I The way her mind works blows me away. Every time I'm in her presence, I just think, tell me more. I just can't wait to eat with her. I just want oh. her to come over and cook. <laughs> Agree. You know, she makes all those beautiful recipes online. But when I got to go to her house, she made me blueberry muffins. And mm-hmm. they were the best blueberry muffins I've had in my life. And I think, geez, if you could do this with blueberry muffins, I can't even imagine the other stuff. Well, I must tell you. So my wife, Carrie, and I have a wonderful garden. And we grow our own blueberries. And they're just starting to come now. As a matter of fact, oh. I ate my first one of the season yesterday. I, I shit you not. Was it delicious? It was delicious. They're a little early, but if, you know, 
If you've never had a fresh blueberry, you haven't really had a blueberry. I don't think I have. So I haven't really lived, I guess. Oh, wow. You know, the the ama- amazing thing, and I didn't grow up this way. I grew up in a small urban in, in apartment, but my wife, Carrie's family, runs the last working um, farm, working orchard in Silicon Valley. And her grandfather bought the property in 1944, and they opened in 45. And um, the, I, I don't know. I mean, I, there's probably a bunch of reasons you could point to, but a, when you pick a peach or a blueberry or a strawberry or a tomato or whatever it is and just eat it. There's something about putting it on a truck and dragging it to a grocery store that really changes it. And even a farmer's market where it could be incredible, it's not like right off the vine or right off Uh, the tree. I can't imagine. Delicious. So now maybe I could pick some blueberries and have Joanne come over and make them with our fresh blueberries. Do it, do it. So good. So in a lot of ways, you're the category queen of uh, digital community, online marketing. I mean, you've been out in front and teaching and leading about this stuff for quite some time. I think your podcast, if it's not the number one marketing podcast, it sure is close. (laughs) If it's not number one all the time, it's close all the time. And so what is it about? Well, first of all, let's break down. What do you teach? Okay. So when people ask me, what do I teach? I teach people how to create businesses online, specifically how to take their knowledge, know-how, and skill set and turn that into a profitable digital course that they could launch over and over again. But when it comes to launching digital courses, there's a lot to that. Content creation, email list growth, social media, email marketing. So all of that, I add into the way I train to actually have a profitable digital course out into the world. Boy, I'm so glad we're having this conversation. So, uh, you know, one of the unlocks here is that people don't get about marketing is if when you market my problem, I think you care about me. When you market your product, I think you want my money. Yeah. And in category design, One of the things that we teach people, Amy, from a marketing execution perspective, when you're designing a new category, you're teaching the world to move from an old way to a new way. And we literally use the word teaching. And we're trying to educate marketers and entrepreneurs in their marketing. If you switch from a marketing lens mindset to a teacher mindset, everything changes. And so the idea of any company who's trying to launch a breakthrough innovation, a new category of something, it's a radical idea to say one of the first two or three things you should do is launch a digital course about the thing. So tell me why you think that's a smart strategy. Whether I'm a creator who wants to live off my digital courses and by the way, I'd love you to <laughs> coach me about that. Or I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a chief marketing officer, I'm an executive, and I'm trying to be the thought leader in my category. And as part of that, I want to have an education mindset. And as part of that, I may be either charging for courses or giving away courses. What's the magic of a digital course? You know, there's a few factors here. The first one that comes up is when I'm speaking to the creator or the marketer, when you create a digital course, 
you are going from one, you or your company or whoever is going to be teaching, one to many. And that is essentially how you scale a business. A lot of people that come into my world, they're coaches, they're consultants, they might still be in a nine to five job, but they are not reaching the masses. They are working more in that one-on-one space. And so a lot of them are looking to scale, to go from one to many. And what one to many means is many different things. You have more freedom. You know, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs. They're looking for freedom. They want to work when they want, where they want, how they want. Well, when you scale in that way, you do have more freedom. They also want to bust through the glass ceilings. They want to make more money. When you go from one to many, it's easier to make more money. And so that whole idea, one to many, is one of the reasons why a lot of people see the power in digital courses. Now, another thing that a digital course does is it can put you on the map. Speaking of categories, when you tell somebody in my world, if you say, I want to create a digital course, if they don't know me, my name will be at the top of the list. As someone recently put into chat GPT, this could be different for everybody, but who is the number one digital course teacher? And my name was at the top of that list. That is because I put myself on the map. I have a digital course very meta, teaching how to create a digital course. And I have launched it for years and years. I stay in my lane. And so now I am known. Years ago, I wasn't known for this, but now I am known for she's the girl that's going to teach us how to create digital courses. So for for creators and entrepreneurs, it absolutely puts you on the map. But when I'm looking at a business perspective, when I'm thinking about digital courses inside a business that maybe sells a physical product or sells a service or a software, why would you want a digital course? One of the reasons is that it allows you to help people understand the power of what you do. They start to have a better understanding, they a better knowledge of it, so that that buy-in is very easy to say, oh, I want this, I need this, I want to be a part of this community. And so teaching first before you have to sell anything can be so incredibly powerful. And teaching is what you do inside of a digital course. Fantastic. One of the things we teach in category design is the bigger the breakthrough of the product or service itself, the more education the world's going to need to get it. Yeah. And so no matter what we're doing, if we're doing something that requires a fresh lens, a new take, solving a new problem or a different, a problem in a different way. We're asking people to make a leap. And, um, you know, before November of 2022, nobody knew what generative AI is. And OpenAI and Microsoft have taught us. And so no matter how big the breakthrough Um, And no matter how much we think the breakthrough might be intuitively obvious, I mean, everybody says, oh, well, ChatGPT grew just because it's obviously awesome. Well, maybe not. Um, The Italians took it down for a month and it took a lot of education for them to bring it back as they now have. And so tell me about the kinds of things that that, um, you normally help people educate their world on. So when it comes to what I do specifically, what I'm educating people on is how to take a concept that they know really well, an area of their lives that they have gotten results. So you never, ever want to teach something where you haven't gotten results for yourself or for your clients, your customers. 
So they're taking that Hold knowledge. On. I'm sorry, I just I hate to interrupt you, but that's so great. It's like, oh, because if you do, it kind of makes you full of shit. <laughs> okay, well, let me tell you how I was full of shit. I know this this rule because I broke it early on. My first year out, my first digital course that I created was how to launch a book using social media. And the reason I made $267 versus like, I thought I'd make $100,000 with my first digital course. I, I knew what I was doing. I have a really great background in corporate. I was like, I felt very strong in this area and it fell flat. And it's because I had never launched a book using social media. Ironically, 14 years later, I just launched my very first book using social media and all the other things. But I was desperate at the time. And looking back, I just thought, I got to put myself on the map. I got to be known for something. I know social media well. I'll teach people how to launch books. Worst decision ever. I, it was, I want to give, I, I didn't sell that many, but if anyone came to me and said, can I have my money back 14 years later? I'd say absolutely yes. <laughs> so I'm very clear on never, ever create anything where you haven't gotten results for yourself or for your clients, customers, uh, what have you. And so with that, this idea of taking your knowledge and your know-how and putting it into a digital course, what I teach people is a lot of people will come to me and say, well, Amy, I do X, Y, Z. Even I'm a baker. I, I bake things. I, that's how I make my money. How would I ever create a digital course? This is one of my students. And, she, and I taught her how to take that concept of what she does. And she decided to teach people, this is going to sound so bizarre, how to make beautiful decorative caramel candy apples. So she made those where people would Sounds buy great them to for me. parties, right? I people want more people them. to know how to do that. Exactly. And then, so she decided to put it in a course and teach what she does $60,000 later on her very first digital course launch. This woman had never done anything like this before. It was a hit. And it was because she took this concept she was good at and she taught other people how to do it. Hobbyists, uh, other bakers. She got in front of the right audience. Fantastic. You know, it's it's amazing when you become a digital creator, it does change your it, it, the re, the wiring in your brain. Mm -hmm. You know, I became an author 7 years ago and podcaster about six and a half years ago and then newsletter writer about um 2 years ago. And it's a weird feeling when you wake up in the morning and you look at your Substack or your uh, in in our case we set, we we uh, did our first book with a major publisher. And after that, we're like, on what business planet would we ever give a venture capitalist 90% of the company or 95% of the company? It was like, we sort of fell into the, and if you're published with a regular publisher, I apologize, but are you by <laughs> yeah. chance? You but I get what you're saying. Now I know. Well, and, and the reality is, and you do whatever you like. You do not need a digital, you do not need a publisher anymore. We are never going to go with a publisher again. I, I have a buddy of mine who's a well-known author who was self-published the whole time, took a million dollar advance from a publisher, said, okay, well, I'll try it this time uh, and said, I'm never going back. So the, the agency and the profitability of being solo is, is pretty powerful. Anyway, the real point I'm trying to make is it's a wild feeling when you go out to dinner with your family and friends and you know that Substack and Amazon and your own private community or your courses or whatever, your own memberships are going ching, 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 ching. And um, you're having steak and Brunello's and, um, <laughs> and the cash oh, register is yeah. ringing. 
It is so true. I remember the very first time that happened to me. I was at my son's football game, a little Pop Warner. He's probably in fourth grade. And I was at his game and my phone was going off and I had launched my first thing evergreen. So I wasn't live launching it. And there it was. And I thought, ding, ding, ding. I am addicted and I am never turning back. It's life changing. And so what made you decide, Amy, to, you know, there's a lot of people who teach a lot of elements of building digital businesses and content is a big a word that gets bigger and bigger every day. Creators a word that gets bigger and bigger every day. What is it about um, courses that you think is so special? Why why niche down on courses, and, and why are you teaching us to start or have courses very early in what we do? To me, it comes down to one word, and that is freedom. When I left my last nine to five job, I worked for Tony Robbins and was there for almost seven years, and it was an amazing job. I got paid well. I got to travel the world. I got to work with Tony. But what I didn't have was freedom. And I was building somebody else's empire. And I was on his time and his dime. And although he was a great boss and I loved the experience, I wanted freedom more than ever. And what I realized going out on my own about two years in is when I finally cracked the code and it started to work for me. Having a digital course does allow you to have more freedom. So in my business, I teach people how to create courses, but obviously I have my own courses. We run a four-day work week, so we work Monday through Thursday. We take Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off. I have a team of 20 full-time virtual employees, and seeing it in action every day gives me the fuel and the confidence to teach other people how to create that because the word freedom comes up with me for digital courses because once you create the course, you can then take that course and sell it over and over again. The secret to my success, the reason I have a $15 million business with a very healthy profit margin is because I do not reinvent the wheel at every turn. I have found a digital course that works for me and I have launched it every single year again and again. Now, every time I launch the course, I make my marketing better, my messaging, I'm better at webinars, I improve the course, but it is the same course over and over and over again. And that is what I teach. I don't just teach how to create a course and launch it, but how to make that course have longevity in your business so you're not always scrambling to reinvent the wheel. That is what slows you down. That is what takes you off track. And that is what will not put you on the map for being known for something. So I believe digital courses allow for freedom and they allow you to scale your business over time. The other thing that is obvious as an author and a podcaster, a book costs 30 bucks. Yeah. In your universe of all the folks that you help and teach, what what are the sort of price points for different styles of digital courses? How how, how might I think about that? This, that's a, such a great question. The way I teach it, I think that there are three different types of courses. So you've got a starter course, and that's where you're going to teach someone just like the 101 basics, kind of jumping off, getting started. And usually a starter course is anywhere from $100 to $200. Now, the second type of course is a spotlight course. And a spotlight course is where you take one area of your expertise and you go deep. So for example, one of my students, he his name is Rob, and he is a photographer. And during COVID, he lost a lot of money. He couldn't go out and do his, his service. And so he created a digital course where he taught flash photography that looks like natural light. That's called a spotlight course. He's taking one tiny area of his expertise and he's going deep. So So you you have your niche and then you 
triple niche down on a very yeah. specific skill set. Yes, exactly. Now, so he was able to, oh, go ahead. Uh, well, so I love that we're having this conversation. So when I speak with people about niche down, then 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 niche down, and down, and down, and down, they say, well, yeah, but how many people are going to be interested in flash photography with natural, you know, right. whatever the thing was, right? Well, the answer is if you tried to run that course in your neighborhood, you might not get very many people here. But the the digital world is not your neighborhood, is it, Amy? Exactly. That's the beauty of this. So you are you are reaching so many more people. You have a digital course. You are now global like that. The minute I put out my first digital course, I was global. And so that is why you can niche down, niche down, niche down. And I am a big fan of niching down. I believe that you get lost in the sea of noise online when you come out with a general idea or even like even for digital courses, I am I don't necessarily teach people how to go from a brick and mortar to a digital course. I help people that are online doing business and wanting to scale that way. So I even kind of niche down even in the digital course world. But yeah, so he did a spotlight course, how to do this natural or flash photography that looks like natural light. And when you have a spotlight course, you typically charge a little bit more because it's so very specific and detailed. Anywhere from $200 to $500 is what we typically see. And then the third type of course is a signature course. And a signature course is the Mac Daddy of all courses. You're teaching something from start to finish, promising a full transformation. So whether it be how to build a photography business from scratch in case in the case of Rob or for me, how to create and launch a digital course from scratch, everything you need to know. And because it is the whole shebang, that's where you start to charge premium prices. We see anywhere from five hundred dollars all the way up to three thousand dollars with a digital course. Mine happens to be two thousand dollars, tends to be that sweet spot and I, I do believe if you're going to create digital courses, having a few different ones is a great idea. But starting with a spotlight or a starter course, easy way to get going. Awesome. So if we were, if I was going to get started, start with the starter course. So for example, on CategoryPirates.com, we have an introduction to category design course. Yes. But we're giving it away for free. I like that too. So let's talk about that. I have one of my students, she gives her course away for free. It's all about her way of losing weight that's different. She kind of started her own category in the weight loss area. And she has added a half a million people to her email list with a free starter course. And like <laughs> ah, that is awesome. insane to me. Like the I am a huge proponent of uh your email list is the most important asset in your business. I will take an email list over social media all day long. So to have a digital course that she was able to put together fairly quickly, starter courses are easy to get going and to grow her list to half a million. That's why she has a business that's almost at $20 million a year. So wow. that email list. So let's just unpack that for a little second. What's more valuable? One Super Bowl ad? Or an opt-in email list of, was it uh, 250,000 you said? 500,000. 500,000, excuse me. Yeah. An opt-in list of half a million people. Oh, I take that email list all day All day long. Long. It, not even close, right? Yes, not even a question. Here's another one. Half a million opt-in um, email list or 
30 million Twitter followers. Oh, I, I could I could care less about those 30 million right. Twitter followers. Yes. Right. And But why is it here we sit at this stage of the digital revolution and a lot of marketers don't understand this? First of all, social media is sexy. And those numbers, although I believe they're all vanity, when you see 30 million Twitter followers, you're thinking, why would you ever not want that? And here's the reason why. To me, social media is fickle. That algorithm changes, boom. Elon Musk makes a decision that could absolutely change your business. I don't want him touching my business. And so putting all your eggs in one basket or putting too much focus on social media, I believe is incredibly dangerous. You own your email list. Two things I want to tell you about that. Number one, I have a really good friend. She creates digital courses and communities as well. And she told me, that every year her goal is to double her email list. She went from 100,000 to 200,000. And then last year, 200,000, 300,000. When she doubles her email list, she doubles her revenue. It's just like a known thing in her world. And that is powerful. And it's because she owns that email list. She has relationships with them. She's in their inbox. And so you have to make the effort. You can't just have an email list. You have to nurture it. But I don't see that happening with social media. And I don't trust social media like I trust an email list. Amen. Hallelujah, sister. <laughs> and, to just, and then there's another piece that's interesting. So I generally suck on social media. Uh, I participate. I like it. I enjoy it as a user. Um, I'm a complete failure on Twitter. I tend to do better on LinkedIn. But anyway, all that said, I have a handful of fascinating people who for some reason or another follow me on Twitter. And the most recent person who's followed me that I find fascinating, I have no idea why, is professional wrestler John Cena. Okay, that is bizarre. So just recently he started following me, and it's the verified account, da, da, and I look at his account, and he's got 14 million followers. Now, ever since Elon put the count number, so you see how many people see the tweets, we're starting to see some interesting things. So here's his latest tweet from 11 hours ago. He has 14 million followers. According to, according to Twitter, how many people have seen that tweet? What's your best guess? Jeez, I have no clue. Um, I don't use Twitter, so I'm just going to make a guess like 3 million. Right. Out of 14 million, you'd think 3 million would be. Uh, yeah. Feels like a lot. 363,000. And that is why I like my email list better. Right. End of discussion, right? Why Why are we trying to, you know, I hear, hear podcasters and, 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 and creators all over the place saying, oh, follow me on Twitter or follow me on Flip Flop or Dick Doc or Walk Talk or Little Lock or Little Lock. Are you out of your mind? No. Join my email list. Go to Amen. my website and subscribe. <laughs> uh, all day long. The thing is, a lot of people that are growing businesses, especially if you're new in all of this, you are looking to have more confidence in your business. You want to feel confident in what you're doing. And I believe one of the best ways to feel more confident in your business is when you grow an email list. I could send an email tonight if I was hard up for money and I needed to make money fast. I could put together a simple offer or take something I've done in the past, put it together, email my list. I would have money in the bank by tonight. There's no doubt in my mind. That creates confidence in your business. That's not how you want to use your email list, but I just use it as an example. You can rely on it like that when you've done it right. And so, yeah, I'm glad you brought up the 
the Twitter thing because it's just bizarre. 14 million. And it's 14 million. And, yeah. and not even one million sees his tweet. Not even half a million sees his tweet. And that's John Cena. Yeah. Imagine just someone like me, like that most people don't know. Like that's even more For, difficult. Forget it. Right. It's impossible. Yeah. So what's the, and I, I know you teach a lot about this. And so I'm asking you a question that's hard to answer in a, in, in a shorter format. But what are the key things that you would want me to learn if I was about, about to launch my uh, or create a digital course to create a business and my rent and my car payment and feeding my, or as George W. famously said, keeping food on the family was a high priority and a must with this, <laughs> with this digital course. How would you tell me to uh, create that course? Okay, so the first thing, I'd take you back just a little bit. I believe that in order to create a sustainable business online, content is king. And so it's not enough just to have a digital course because you need an audience to market to. And so we already went over the importance of, a, of an email list. But I also believe it's equally important to create consistent content because it does two things. And I don't think people talk about the two strategies enough. When you create consistent content, what I'm talking about is a weekly podcast or a weekly blog or a weekly video show. And if you want just to kind of ease into it, maybe it's a weekly live Q&A on social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever it might be. But it's every single week, rain or shine or more. Like I do two times a week on my podcast, every Tuesday, every Thursday, I'm not missing a beat. And the reason why that's important is for two reasons. Number one, it attracts an audience you do not yet have. And so that's why I love podcasting. I think podcasting reaches a bigger net than I would ever be able to do on my own. Spotify is pushing me out. Apple Podcasts is pushing me out to new listeners. So it attracts new people into your world. And as a side note, that weekly content, you can add in your lead magnets, your newsletter announcements, mention them in everything that you do. So I use my podcast to grow my email list. But first, I'm using my podcast to attract new people. But what else my podcast does is it nurtures the audience I already have. Because if they're going to buy a digital course from me, that no like, and trust factor is real. And so I need to be in their earbuds or wherever on a consistent basis. I need to become their go-to guide in my category. And in order to do that, I have to show up consistently. They need to start relying on me to be their go-to source. So it starts with, in my opinion, consistent content. And of course, growing that email list through your consistent content. And once you have that, then you're ready to start creating a digital course because you have an audience to sell to. Excellent. Now, the interesting thing about this, if I take this out of the creator world for a second and move it into the um, startup world, most startup founders start marketing when they have a product because they think in terms of marketing products. The legendary ones that I know start marketing an idea, what we call in category design, a point of view, typically around a problem. Way, if you think about it from a purely marketing point of view, it's top of 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 funnel, right? Yeah. And when you become the person that is educating the world about the niche category that you want to be the category queen in, and they first hear about you and then they consume a little bit of content maybe on LinkedIn or where, wherever they consume it about you. And then, and, and then it builds over time, right? 
And, and yet so many people start by launching a product. Yes. And there lies the problem. There's a company called Glossier, and it's a makeup company. And when she, the woman who started the company, before she started to sell her product, a physical product, a makeup line, it was at least for a year, I think it was, where she had a newsletter. And she talked about makeup and application and different techniques and different things that she loved. And that's all she talked about. And she got this cult following. They loved her. They wanted to hear from her. Her newsletter was everything. And then she launched her product. This is a billion dollar business now that started with a newsletter. And I think that's so incredibly powerful. <laughs> Can you just say that one more time for me, Amy? Yes. A billion dollar business that started with a newsletter. That makes me so fucking intergalactically happy. <laughs> me too. Yeah. And, and the, you know, the interesting thing here that people miss is uh, a couple points. One, my friend uh, Tom Schwab at Interview Valet says, um, what's normal for you is remarkable for others. And, and, and what he has taught me, because this has absolutely been true for me, is what, what I take for granted is, 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 is Moses with the tablets for somebody else. And so I think a lot of us as creators or who want to be creators say, well, what do I have to teach? Yes. And then from a business point of view, if you're a larger enterprise or a startup or something like that, well, the reality is what you know about the world in which you operate is massively more than even your highest super consumers, your top, top, top customers. And um, one of the things we wrote about in our book, Snow Leopard, is this idea that the content about the content can be more valuable than the content. And here's the proof. Last year, Tom Brady got paid $25 million to play football. Next year, when he starts his contract with, I, th I think it's Fox, they are going to pay him $37.5 million a year to talk about football. Great point. And so the reality is if you're a, I don't know. Oh, I'll give you one. Uh, Joanne won't like this one, but we have a new butcher in our neighborhood who's absolutely legendary. He got downsized out of the local Whole Foods during the pandemic. He always wanted to start his own shop. He opened up shop and he's on fire. I mean, he is absolutely incredible. And uh, now he's starting to teach people what he knows online. And he's beginning to realize that, well, wait a minute, this isn't a lost leader marketing for my butcher shop, although it is. This guy, he's a great looking guy. He's incredibly articulate. His place is beautiful. He's incredible at what he does. This guy could very well become the butcher's butcher in the digital world and so and make millions of dollars doing it. And when you say to somebody, particularly like that, a small business, radically analog kind of company, you say, no, 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 um, you, the emphasis is on the wrong syllable. Exactly. It, I mean, I love that you use that example of the butcher because in my mind, like I just go to it right away, like, oh, he could make millions where he is likely not going to make that kind of money in his shop. But I want to point something out. He probably loves being in that shop. And he probably, I mean, you said he does really well. He makes good money. 
nothing like what he'd make if he turned that whole thing digital. But you can do both. That's another beautiful thing with digital courses. When people come into my world and want to create a course, most of them are not just creating a course and that's all they do in their business. They've got a physical product. They do consulting. They've got really big things going on. And this is one other vertical in their business. And so I hope he uh, continues with that because it will blow his mind how far he can go with that. And how often in those kinds of situations, Amy, does the tail start to wag the dog? That is to say, the digital course and all the content, the podcast, um, if you're an author, you know, all the digital products start outpacing the analog products. Nine times out of 10. It, it happens all the time. But it's, it's funny because people resist it. They don't want to lose what they love or what they think their identity is. He's a butcher. That's what he does. And the thing that will stop him from really going big with it is if he feels that he's going to lose something there or he's not putting his attention where his passion is or whatever it might be. But to know that you can reach people in other countries, other places that you could help them, whatever it is that he's teaching, you've got to just look at it through a different lens. But also we're human. And when that money starts coming in and he starts to teach people and starts to see people are like, I love this. I've gotten results. Look what I've done. That's going to fuel him for sure. Yes. Yeah. Now, the other thing I think a lot of people, certainly myself, look at um, course creation and f- look at it and go, fuck, that looks like a, a tough mountain to climb. I, I know <laughs> I'm an expert in my field, but I'm not an expert in how to create yes. courses. In my case, doing okay in the content world, you know. 13 number one bestsellers is <laughs> pretty, pretty well, I mean, good that, start. That's working for you. Right. But if you if you said, hey, Lockett, sit there in this room for the next two weeks and come up with a legendary digital course and we're not going to bring you any food or booze, I would not be drinking or eating. And so how is it, you know, it's hard for somebody whose domain expertise is their domain expertise, yes. but not converting it into a course to stare at essentially what feels like a blank sheet of paper and go, I don't know, Amy, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so this is not a plug for my course, What? but I do believe this philosophy. Whenever you want to do something that feels important to you, go find someone who's gone before you that is willing to share their model with you. Never, ever try to figure it out for yourself because it wastes time and money and we both want more of that. And so I really do believe anything that I'm going to do in my business, I will find somebody who's going to teach me how to do it. For example, I recently started to do boot camps, paid boot camps to then sell my digital courses within these boot camps. Never done a boot camp before, don't know how to do it. I could probably hunt and peck all over the web and YouTube and kind of piece something together. Who wants to do that and who has time? My time is way more valuable. So I spent $7,000. I learned from someone who was willing to teach it in a digital course and and through some coaching and we hit it out of the park. It probably would have been two years for me to hit it out of the park if I did it by myself. So that's the first thing. Find someone who's gone before you that has a proven track record and fast track your success. I think it's the best thing you can do in all areas of business. But for those of you who are thinking, okay, but Amy, like really, where do I start with a digital course? Well, the first thing you want to do is you want to come up with your topic, with your concept. And when you're thinking about your concept, we're going back to where have you gotten results for yourself or for somebody else that you can teach? And you hit it on the head when you said, 
What comes natural to you is foreign to other people. You have to continue to believe that. It is very, very true. And once you start thinking about what kind of course you want to create, we're going to then start validating this idea. I teach in my course this some, something called course calls, where my students will get on a phone call with their past clients, their students, or whoever they've worked with, and they're going to ask them a series of questions to see if the problem they think they're going to solve is the problem that these people want. So we need to make sure that this course is going to solve a problem that they absolutely want. So that's where we're going to start. We're going to start with coming up with the topic. We're going to validate that idea. And then we're going to flesh out an outline. You're opening up a Google Doc. You're vomiting into that Google Doc. Everything that you want to teach, the stories you want to tell, the ideas you have, we're starting there. And then we're going to start kind of putting it together in something that would be a roadmap step-by-step how you would teach it. So that's essentially a big picture how we get started. Excellent. Thank you so much for that, Amy. Now, I'm curious, as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, you've probably seen some, what might at first have sounded like some pretty wackadoo micro niches where you went, um, is is anybody really going to do this? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That went on to some success. So I'm, I'm curious if you have any sort of, what are the weirder, kind of more outliery ones that that you've seen take off. So, the uh, anytime I talk about a successful digital course, that's the word successful. So, it's not like they sold one or two. They sold enough, five figures, six figures, even seven figures when I use examples. One of my students teaches how to be a better lover. So, I thought that was that was an interesting one. Um she's taken a lot of experience from her past and she's put it into a digital course. Another one of my students, this is interesting. She is a nurse and she created a course, and this is a high six-figure earner of a digital course. She created a course on how to get your paperwork done faster so you don't take it home with you as a nurse in an emergency room. That is very niched. And she made high six figures with something like that. It's just something she was good at. Always pay attention to when people say, how are you doing that? How do you do that so quickly or so efficiently or get such big results? How, how, how? That should be an antenna going up like, oh, people want to know what I know. Another one of my students, she this is a great one for those that are doing. She's a service provider. She used to go to people's homes and she would build out kitchen gardens. So we were talking about the blueberries in the beginning. She would help you put together this garden that everything you'd use, you could cook up your family dinners every night with. And she would go to their homes. There's only so much money you could make. So she decided to take a digital course and teach people how to build their own kitchen gardens, what equipment to use, how to pick out the soil, how to choose what you're going to plant. And she all anything that she used to do for you, now she's put it into a digital course. I could go on and on. There's so many digital courses out there that my students have created, but it all stems from people saying, how did you do that? Teach me that. Or... A lot of my digital course success stories come from people that are so burned out on doing something for someone else that they want to now go from one to many. Fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, um, what are the questions that people don't ask you about how to be successful that they should ask you? Mm, I love that. One of the things that people, well, the question they'll ask me is, how quickly can I get this done? And I believe that is such a terrible question to ask because 
No one who's ever had a success story with my programs has ever said, I made $100,000, but it took too long. And so it just, that never comes up, whether it takes three months, six months, a year, they've never focused on it taking too long once they started to see success. So what the question, I think the better question to ask is, what are the elements that I need in order to create a successful digital course that I could launch over and over again? And that's everything we've talked about from list building to creating weekly original content to understanding where you've gotten results and what you can teach in your course. So the better question is, what are the elements that go into a profitable digital course? So that's one that I don't get asked a lot, but essentially you asked it. So you get a gold star because I think that's an important one. And then also, I think another important question would be um, that people don't ask enough is, how do I turn a digital course into, let's say, a million dollar asset in my business? And I don't get asked that a lot. People want to make a lot of money when they work with me. But that one question, what I would say to that is, number one, find a way to expand on that course. So I teach people, stay with that one digital course, launch it over and over again, two, three times a year, stay with the course. However, there's things you can do to then add on to that. For example, when you go through my digital course, once you're finished, we have a graduation day. Once you're finished going through the course, I invite you into my membership. My membership is $97 a month. The only way you get an invite is if you've already gone through my course and then I continue the journey with you so that we can launch over and over again and you can see the rise in your revenue. So that's a way that I've created another revenue stream off of my digital course. Another thing that you can do is you can offer coaching. And I'm seeing this a lot now where you have a digital course and, and I do this in my own business. My digital course is $2,000. But if you want a one-on-one -on -one coach for six months to get your course created, launch it, and maybe launch it again, if you want to work with one of my coaches for six months and they will help you step-by-step -step go through it, it's $10,000. So it's a whole other revenue stream. Most people will take the $2,000 offer. There's a lot of people that want that one-on-one -on -one coaching. So a digital course can really expand into other areas of your business to have those additional streams of revenue. I'm smiling because um, a while back we had Rafi Muhammad on and he's considered the Obi-Wan Kenobi of pricing. He's yes. written more on pricing for Harvard Business Review than any person alive or dead. Ooh, I need to check him out. Oh, he's unbelievable. It's a great listen. He's written, I mean, he's, it's all there online. Okay, I can't wait. Yeah, he, and he's written a couple books. He's a stunner. And um, one of the things he says is that people get this wrong, that you should have three offers, good, better, best. Yes. And, and I asked him this in our discussion. I said, well, when you go to some most digital products, like if you go to a GoDaddy.com or any kind of a digital product, they'll show you three prices. And the one in the middle is typically the medium. There's the low end here and the high end here, and the one in the middle, and they often will pop it out and say, you know, most popular. I yes, said, is that yes. what we should be doing, Ravi? And he says, what did he say? No. What? Why? Lead with, if, if the strategy is good, better, best. Yes. Focus on best. Ooh. And to your point, you've created a, a ladder, essentially, of value that people can move up, up to personal coaching. And what he says is, focus on your premier product. 
and everything else should be a feeder into that premier product. But put all most of your time and attention around, you actually want to be here. I actually love that. You know, we've just been building out this coaching program. And I told my team, this is the pinnacle. This is what I want to focus on the most. And you're right. Let's say someone doesn't want $10,000 six-month coaching to create and launch a course. Well, we do have other options if this isn't right for you. So I do love the idea that they can go other places, but the the $10,000 program is like our main focus. Yeah, it's like... um uh, my buddy, uh, uh, Nicholas Cole says, how do you sell a $10,000 watch? Put it next to a hundred thousand dollar watch. <laughs> it's so true though. I, I absolutely love that. Pricing is everything. Tell me his name again. I will absolutely be checking that out. Ravi Mohammed. I'll, uh, I'll okay. send you his contact info. I'll, I'll send you. And you have the, a podcast episode on with yeah, him. We do. Yeah. And, oh, I'll um, and I'll send you, he's got a, his Amazon page has all of his books and stuff. Cool. He may be great. He may be a great guy to have on your podcast. He's yeah. a, he literally is the Obi-Wan Kenobi of pricing and, and, and he tells great stories and yeah, he, cool. he's awesome. All right. Now, uh, Amy, is there anything else um, I, I should know before I let you go in terms of how I build a legendary digital business with uh, courses as, as a leadership uh uh, product. I think, you know, you just hit it on the head with the leadership pro- product. I just want everyone to remember that a digital course will give you authority. It could put you on the map. It can allow you to expand your category and really be known in that area. And you could do it for free, give away your digital course for free or paid. Either way, I see so much value in your business by having a digital course. And remember, the value is one to many. So it allows you to reach way beyond where you're reaching right now. And I just got to say, thanks for having me. I was nervous to come on the show. You're very smart. You 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 have a, a topic that you talk about that I had never heard of before I really got into your world. Now I'm fascinated. So I feel very honored that you invited me here. So thank you so much. Well, Amy, you're wonderful. I, and, you know, I what I deeply appreciate about your work is we are all uh, trying to find how to thrive and sur- not just survive, but thrive in a native digital world. And um, it is very clear to us that there's something powerful happening in plain sight that most people don't realize, which is Peter Drucker created the term uh, knowledge worker. Yes. To delineate or distinguish between getting paid with your mind versus your muscle. We believe there is a, um, a, a, a sort of a new tier of value now above the knowledge worker, which is somebody who is paid to create somebody who creates intellectual capital or creator capital, net new knowledge. And um, that the most successful people going forward are not going to be what many of our mothers and fathers wanted us to be, which is, oh, go be a doctor or go be a lawyer or go be an accountant or a nurse or high-end knowledge worker jobs where you acquire very high-end knowledge and you get paid handsomely to apply that knowledge. Now, those jobs are still going to be valuable. However, the if your job is primarily the application of existing knowledge your value is going to continue to diminish over time driven by AI. 
And so the knowledge worker is going to be less valuable. And what we're calling the creator capitalist is going to be the most valuable. That is to somebody who can absolutely work with existing knowledge, but build on top of it to create net new knowledge. That is to say net new capital that creates value for them and or their employer. And so what you're doing is teaching people that. And that's the answer to how do I thrive in a post chat GPT world? Yes. Amen to that. You said it perfectly. Well, thank you, Amy. I deeply appreciate your time. You're welcome back. Keep up the legendary work and I hope we get to speak again soon. Thank you so much, friend. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was the legendary Amy Porterfield. Find out everything there is to know about Amy at her website at amyporterfield.com. All right. We would like to thank you for spending part of your life with us. We'd also like to thank MightyNetworks.com. If you're a marketer or creator who wants to build and monetize a native digital community, MightyNetworks.com is for you. We'd also like to thank The Innocence Project. Become a part of The Innocence Project's community of monthly supporters who give to free the innocent, prevent wrongful convictions, and create fair, compassionate, and equitable systems of justice for everyone. Learn more at InnocenceProject.org. Today's information is provided to you solely for informational purposes. This podcast is the sole property of the Lockhead Oddcast Network, and it contains content known to the state of California to cause radically non-obvious thinking, new categories, and exponential results. This podcast is guaranteed to contain nuts and all rights are completely disturbed. Please contact your doctor, lawyer, accountant, shaman, bud tender, and category designer before doing anything about anything you hear here today. Remember, everything is the way it is because somebody changed the way it was. Produced and edited by me, Jason DeFilippo. Technical execution and the website are by Sarah Knox and Jamie J. Show notes by GM Simon. Web development by the Bobus Brothers. Cedric Biros does our graphic and web design. Our law firm is Weed and Jack, and our accountants are three balance sheets to the wind. We record this show on Squadcast.fm. Gordon Lightfoot was right. Listen to the Tragically Hip. And thanks, Candy Dandy, for hurting all those cats. And, of course, a special thank you to Christopher's mum and dad. And, hey, Colin, this oddcast really ties the room together. Our deepest, deepest condolences to Sam Bankman-Fried. Sorry, Sammy, we just ran out of time for you. Till next time, stay safe, stay legendary. Until we're together again, follow your different. <laughs> 